I was like reading this article Tom sent me <laughs> that Lawrence Wright wrote in the late 90s for the New Yorker about the Pentecostal cattle breeder from Mississippi who's who was trying to breed a red heifer that would like bring the Antichrist. <laughs> yeah, for those not versed in eschatology, uh, in the 90s, evangelicals were absolutely insane about what... It's not dissimilar to like what we're all doing today where like, you know, we like... Uh, or try to stake out like our part in this conflict. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like me and Terrence were talking last night. It's like everybody just falling on top of each other to have the perfect take on you know the the Palestine Israel. Yeah, question. if your take falls short, you do not see Valhalla. You die an ignoble death. Yeah, you won't see the second. Or in this case, you won't see the second coming of Christ when they finally breed and slaughter the red calf. <laughs> But in the late nineties, probably even before that, that to be perfectly honest, uh, people like Hal Lindsey, who we've talked about some on this show, who was like a doomsday, like who always predicted the end of the world, the apocalypticians, uh, Jack Van, yeah, the apocalypticians, Jack Van Impe, all these guys <clears throat> would uh, were obsessed with, yeah, like like we're trying to stake out our position in this conflict. They were trying to stake out, well my position in bringing about the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. Which is such a insane position to have. It's like, it is kind of like the Rubik's cube thing. Like if you line up all the correct conditions and then suddenly like the computers all, you know, glow red and blue and green in sync synchronicity. And then like all of a sudden God comes down and says, you did it right. You did the doomsday equation. You <laughs> solved it. Yeah, you solved. You solved. It. Which is like the red heifer thing. Like the red cow from the Bible has been a something that's like heavily debated. It's not entirely clear what they're even referring to because, like, I guess apparently until like modern husbandry, like red cows weren't even. A thing. So you didn't have ginger cows. Yeah, it's like you didn't, I, you didn't have the mutated ginger cow. Like glowing red. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I guess I just think of like like a, brimstone red. Yes, like an or like an ass. Like on the cartoons when like a cartoon character sits down on like hot coals and his ass is like burned. <laughs> his ass is glowing red. Glowing red. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like imagine a glowing red calf like an ass. That you had to shield your eyes from. Yeah, which is like what they're doing is they're trying they're trying to like GMO. They were trying to do GMO calves to bring God, and like the story is about this guy whose name is Lot, by the way, who was a character <laughs> in the Bible, and he wrote to the like, I think the Israeli embassy or something, and said that he had. Red Angus cattle suitable for Old Testament biblical sacrifices will have no blemish or off-color hair. Genetically red will reproduce red. Eye, nose, pigmentation will be dark. Heifers at a year old will weigh approximately 600 to 700 cows, uh, pounds. The, these cattle will adapt quickly to Middle Eastern climate. Also, excellent beef quality. <laughs> why, do, why does it sound like a sea monkey's ad from like a, from like a child's magazine in the 50s or some shit like that? You I know. know. Order I'm, now to get your red heifer. I know. I love that. This is like suitable for Old Testament biblical sacrifice. <laughs> for 1995 plus shipping and handling. Call now. I, like, I, I love that. 
and it's one of the things that's fascinated me so much about Jim Baker is that like they're trying to, in all kinds of ways to bring about God coming back. Also, also, what if you breed the red heifer, you, sl- you slaughter it in the tabernacle, and every you do everything according to Scripture, and Christ doesn't return? Does that upend your worldview? Yeah. Does that mean he turned away from us? Or are you just like Hal Lindsey? Do you just move the goalposts? Well, I see. I can see a. Um a reading where they're like, okay, the guy that wrote that Bible verse was colorblind. And so when he saw red heifer, he was actually seeing a green, it was actually a green heifer. And so they have to go back into right, the lab. Right, that's what they'll do. And then they'll restart the clock and say, well, we've got to come with a green heifer, I guess. Uh-huh. I mean, just to cover your bases, you might as well do rainbow heifer. You might as well do rainbow heifer. Just a rainbow like a, like heifer. Crayola, like a Crayola box. <laughs> <laughs> I want to. I want to see a story about that, like uh, some like down on his luck, like reprobate, outcast of southern society, accidentally breeds a rainbow heifer to try to bring the antichrist, uh, yeah. to try to bring Christ back, and then the antichrist. But he's got his re- he's got his rainbow heifer, and everyone in town mistakes him for LGBTQ. Yeah, now he's an LGBTQ supporter. Yeah. It's like, no, no, no. You don't understand. I was hedging. <laughs> I'm not gay. I was hedging. <laughs> it's gonna. It's like that Flannery O'Connor story, uh, Greenleaf, about that. Uh, about that. Uh, that, <laughs> that. That. That bull. That cow that ends up killing uh, Mr. Greenleaf at the end. Except it's a. It's a. Uh, it's an ally bull. It's an ally cow. <laughs> oh man, I, I I love this story though because like eventually the guy Lot goes to Israel to meet these rabbis who work at this like because there's like three conditions that have to line up, which is that like. Israel for like the Christ to come back, which is one Israel has to be reinstated. Mm. Two, they have to have control of Jerusalem, and three, the second temple has to be rebuilt. And like two of those have been met, and so, so like, the, the third one hasn't hasn't uh, hasn't been built yet, hasn't come apart yet, right? Come about yet. Mostly okay. because the place where they think the second temple is, there are several mosques. And this is the this is the fascinating thing about like Christian Zionism is that like Christian Zionism is like ultimately anti-Semitic, yes. because it basically <laughs> deeply, yes. deeply anti-Semitic. Deeply anti-Semitic. <laughs> uh, they even it's so and it's so um, sort of um, arrogant too because it's like no, actually. Two hundred thousand Jewish people will will make it in. Right, yeah. right. Like there's an appointed amount of Jewish people that will actually oh, make it in. Hard stop though. Two hundred k. Hard stop though. Yeah, hard <laughs> stop. Though. I just thought it was so funny though that the guy went to Israel and meet with met with these rabbis who are trying to like rebuild the second temple, and it, it says here naturally the name Lot came to the attention of the rabbis. And not just because another lot from Mississippi happens to be the United States Senate Majority Leader at that time, Trent Lot. Trent Lot, yeah. Genesis recounts the story of Abraham's nephew Lot, whose wife became a pillar of salt when she disobeyed the Lord and turned to look back on Sodom. Rabbi Richmond told me that Lot was a Gentile, and he was a very, very good cattle breeder. <laughs> <laughs> he should have. He should have sealed the deal by coming there with the packets of salt. Or like a salt shaker in his yeah. body. You know I mean? Or actually go the whole mile and get like an ice sculpture, but instead of ice, obviously ice, it's salt. A salt sculpture. Just, yeah, just like fucking with them. Just like before they come in the meeting room, you, you pour like 30,000 packets of salt out to like make a little mound and just be like, oh, meet my wife. No, I'm just messing. No, no, for real. 
He says, the rabbis thought the coincidence was a good sign. It's just like the a meeting of the minds, truly. Just like absolute fucking morons all around. <laughs> and also the perfect most random conditions falling together. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> and the guy Lot says... Um, I really didn't know what to expect. I came out of a religious background that taught that Jewish people were ignorant and lost in this kind of thing. It's like, <laughs> Let, lest, Buddy, lest you lest you need to know where these fucking uh, millenarian end of the world people land on things. Oh man. Well, Terrence, I don't know if you've seen this, but per all Israel news, a red heifer sacrifice could take place in in one year in Jerusalem. This came out on September twenty seventh, so a couple. Yeah. Last year. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like basically that was a prophecy that said that they're going to sacrifice a red heifer any day now. I think probably the reason this is making the rounds again is people are saying there's some sort of significance with the current conflict. Okay, okay, okay. But just, this was amazing. I, just let me read the first little part of this. The sacrifice of a red heifer could take place on the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem as early as 13 months from now. <laughs> Texas businessman Byron Stinson, the man instrumental in locating and helping get helping get five red heifers from the United States to Israel, told All Israel News that finding the sacrifice-ready cows was not the only objective. <clears throat> uh, Bana Israel, the organization Stinson is involved with, has also purchased land on the Mount of Olives that meets the requirements for a biblical sacrifice outside of a temple. Stinson explained that a sacrifice does not necessitate a new temple. It can also be constructed at a certain height and direction, and the plot of the Mount Ol- out on the Mount of Olives meets these requirements. What? You can't do a makeshift temple, dog. Come on. <laughs> you can't do it. Listen. <laughs> no, you can't do a pop-up temple. A t- you know? pop-up <laughs> second temple just facing the direction. I love how, like, American officials and Western officials are so credulous and, like, so willing to go along with every single thing Israel says, even to the extent that, like, even to the extent that you've got, like, Democrats in America making statements that are to the right, that are to the right of Israeli right-wing politicians. So, like, there yeah. are Israel right-wing politicians that are to the left of to your left, average uh, Democratic average Party. Democrat, yeah. Like, they're so, they're so, they are so in hoc to Israel that, like, you could literally convince them that, like, to consecrate this war, we're going to have to sacrifice a red heifer. You're all going to have to be there. And then could you, like, imagine it, like, on live TV, they fucking cut the thing's throat and just, like, blood is squirting all over (laughs) fucking, like, like Mitch McConnell, like, his fucking face is soaked in red, and they're just like, uh, comment, Senator. And that's when he, that's that's when the deep, and then that's when he does the freezes up again. (laughs) (laughs) Like, they carry, this time for the last time. (laughs) Just covered in blood, and he's like, the demon is fucking thousand yards there. Just breathing in his fucking face. (laughs) Byron Stinson says, this is a big step. This is a huge step. If we're able to do the ceremony in a year and a half to two years, he said, it doesn't mean that the temple is going to be built within one year, ten years, or forty years, a hundred years, what? because you have because you have the ashes. Solomon had the ashes of the red heifer and then lasted a thousand years. And then he lost the ashes. What happened to the ashes? Oh, he fell out his pocket or something. Mm. I mean, it's hard to. Li- it's ho- how long is a motherfucker going to hold on to ashes for? Is my question. It's like you can only hold on to ashes for so long. Yeah, do they last forever? 
do they go bad? <laughs> do they expire? Are there expiration <laughs> yeah, dates on ashes? <laughs> if we're gonna have to, honey, we're gonna have to throw out the red hat for ashes. Like they're they they're they starting to smell. They've got mold on them. Like no, just a hundred more years, babe. Like just a hundred more. Please, years. just a hundred more years. I swear, then the temple will come back. So that's no, the latest no. in the red heifer front. <laughs> the red heifer front. <laughs> Sounds like a radical group. Oh, man. The red heifer front. <laughs> <laughs> we are the red heifer front. We demand the end of the world. Okay, I wanted to open up today's discussion with a little bit of a anecdote. Uh, Tom, would you be so kind as to share with the class what you saw on your streaming platform last night? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you need further proof that the West is banging the war drums, first thing on my algorithm on Hulu when I opened it up today was none other than Sicario 2. El Dia de la Soldado, which is, as you know, written by one Taylor Sheraton, he of Yellowstone fame. And also, a deeply, deeply reactionary movie that opens up <laughs> with the myth of, uh, you know, uh, Mexican asylum seekers uh, shepherding Muslim extremists across the border. And when Border Patrol finally stops them in this opening sequence, the guy pulls out his, his well, I'm not sure if he actually pulls out the prayer rug, but like there are prayer rugs they find at the scene. <laughs> but he does the, you know, like hold his hands toward heaven thing, and then he blows himself up in front of the the border patrol this is the opening scene this is the opening scene this is the opening scene you've already got two of the biggest bogeymen in american life one the drug cartels and two the muslim extremists it's like the avengers of racism dog god damn right <laughs> neither of which exist in any meaningful way you know in this country i should say like the only i told tom the only bad guy you're missing there is like a chinese communist yeah it's like yeah. I mean, I and the fact that that showed up on your streaming platform, it's like how many other people... It's like the first recommendation, dog. It's Huluween, too, and it still was the first <laughs> recommendation. <laughs> like, they're supposed to show you, like, like, a, like a Nightmare Before Christmas or some shit like that. Or, like, slasher movies. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, all that kind of stuff. And then the first thing I get is Sicario 2. Oh, well, I think that it gets something... It gets at something that is... Becoming a widespread phenomenon, which is that just within the last week, Hamas has become, has been blown up to be even bigger than Russia itself. So, like, I mean, I saw one tweet. Or, or pup, or just another organ of Russia. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen a lot of that floating around, too. Well, I saw a tweet that said people compare Hamas to Nazis. 
that's not fair. Nazis knew killing Jews were wrong, was wrong. That's why they did it in secret. Hamas is bragging about it in public. And I mean, like this. Oh, dude, my brother, dude, this, you never have to give it to Hitler. You never have to. This tweet had three million views, two twenty-five thousand likes, five thousand retweets. Anyways, dude, did you see Joseph Kahn? His com, his tweet. Joseph Kahn, who's you know like directed every big music video in the nineties and two thousands, had started started to tweet with. <laughs> At least Hitler never. And somebody quote tweeted, said, let me just stop you right there. <laughs> uh, well, well, you know, I realized that um, it's kind of like, I mean, I guess during the 2000s, you know, it was Al-Qaeda, right? Or I guess the Taliban, you know, and then it became ISIS, you know, and now it's Hamas. And not to say that, you know, uh, it, I guess Hamas hasn't always been, you know, criticized and seen as a terrorist group and like, you know, fear mongered about. But um, it's just the latest boogeyman, you know, it's the latest boogeyman. Yeah. yeah, in the Middle East, uh, the the rest of Khan's tweet was at least Hitler never paraded the bodies around, dude. That's, like that's, I, that's I mean, ins- I just like want to like sort of ground ourselves here. I want to ground ourselves in the reality that like we've pointed out before, anti-Semitism is on the rise globally. Like this is not in dispute. Like this is a fact. You've got neo-fascist groups on the rise, especially in Europe and in America. Just in the West, neo-fascist in power, groups. in power yeah. as well. Yep, and on the streets. And then you've got like this thing that we've been talking about for fucking months, almost even years now, which is that like <clears throat> liberals and conservatives, I mean across the board, have started looking for ways to rehabilitate Nazis. Like, they're rehabilitating... At any any chance. At any chance, man. By either minimizing the Holocaust, by uh, blowing up Hamas to be an even more insidious, evil, pervasive, all-encompassing, ever-present, omnipotent group that is simultaneously everywhere at once and that is also subhuman. I mean... It's and and like this is kind of what like really disturbs me so much, which is that you've got right now the United States and the global sort of rules based order, the international community making way for people to be expelled from Gaza, like. You know what I'm saying? Like through Egypt or whatever. Like they are basically trying, like that's their negotiation point. They're basically starting from a point where, like, well, nothing can be done here. So, so like, we're going to expel you again. So we're just going to kick you out. And, uh, and it's just like for that to be happening at the same time that you've got all these other things that we were talking about, plus climate change, displacement, the fucking like gradual degradation of like, even bourgeois social relations like d- like does can you really like make the argument that like israel won't at some point be next like mm. you know what i'm saying like yeah, yeah. At, at, like how long can you like put that off by like genociding entire people within your borders and running an apartheid state before like the tables turn on you I mean, all of these fucking, like, fascist right-wingers in the West and everything, whether they're, like, rehabilitating Nazis or trying to keep people out of Europe or kick them out of Europe, like, eventually they're fucking going to revert to, like, their classical anti-Semitic form. Right, right. 
Yeah, right. Well, what it is too is like is like you know it's like in a I mean to use a very crude comparison it's like you're the former uh, Division One college athlete that like uh, as long as you play for the company softball team and kick ass every year then like you're in their good graces but as soon as you don't suit their needs anymore mm-hmm. what is it what in these people's makeup makes you think they're not going to hate you and turn the tables on you yeah scapegoat you yeah yeah. I just want to say too, real quick. Um, I don't know if you were going to get into this, Terrence, but you know, uh, you kind of open up talking about Hamas, and you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not going to say that. I mean, this is, this is, I don't want to call it war because war makes it sound like it's a, it's a two-sided thing. So two sides are equal, right? Um, um, but this conflict, you know, it's the fog of war, so you never know what's going on, right? I'm not saying that Hamas hasn't committed atrocities, that civilians haven't died. I mean, the fact that I even have to say this, right? Like civilian deaths are bad, but all of the, the, the two biggest stories that were going around about, like, mass rapes being committed by Hamas, about babies being beheaded, that was the one yesterday, um, about, um, I think, this one uh, German girl that went there to a, to a musical music concert or festival, and um, her body, they said her body was be, being paraded around the streets. I mean, just the fact that two of those, and again, I'm not saying that horrors, atrocities aren't being committed, right? Um I would say that, you know, um, Israel and its disproportionate violence and effect on the Palestinian people is much greater, obviously. But I mean, they've been doing this for decades. But the fact that people were so ready to believe that stuff and even when it was proven false and debunked or it was found to be exaggerated. Well, it's still it's still not even this Eric Levitz thing that we're that we're getting ready to read. And I was trying to be even handed about it. Mm-hmm opens up with some with with the supposition that has not even been proven to be correct yet yeah yeah but the baby killing and all that kind of stuff you know the chopping the baby's heads off and all that stuff i don't know i just think you know i just i just wanted to say too i mean it's just, it's just you know i guess to open up with this just the the fact that people are twisting themselves into like gordian knots right to like justify this genocide by readily believing in something that they already want to believe in you know and then if, even if it's being disproven, it's already it's already done to damage, you know. So I, I don't know, man. It's just uh, that's been just driving me mad for the past twenty four hours, man. Just seeing how Westerners, their their the way that they view violence, their attitude and appetite for violence is wholly dependent, right? Just upon othering these people and making them subhuman, like that one Israeli minister said, inhuman animals, as he called them, you know. Well, that's something that, like, I've thought a lot about in the last few days because I, I myself find that, like, on this issue, I, I know myself and I know my convictions and I know, like, how I feel about it. However, I have never seen this much hand-wringing on the left about this, and I know Which that... Which is saying something. <laughs> well, and, and I... Exactly. It's exactly right. And I know that the reason why is because there is a disproportionate number of Israeli deaths than there are Palestinians. For the first time, for the first time in That's true. recent memory, and it's an unprecedented thing. And that to me, that to me speaks to a very important thing here undergirding all of this. Nobody wants to fucking admit this. Nobody wants to own up to it. But I think that you're seeing this in the various responses to it and the way people scold other people on the left and trying to police and, like, shape how the left responds to it and everything, which is that for the vast majority of people in the West, 
Palestinian lives matter significantly less than Israeli lives. You can actually probably do a fucking mathematics mathematical equation. I mean, people have done that. People have said that a thousand Israeli lives. I think it was this one famous tweet from some guy. A thousand Israeli lives is like seven hundred. Torres, yeah, 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 Torres, who is the yeah the Democratic senator from Tel Aviv. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Wait, what did he say? What did he say? He said, he said something like he said something like, "Oh God, I wish I could find a fucking tweet, man. It was insane. It was like it was like seven hundred Israeli lives. It was like a hundred American lives. It was lives. the weirdest thing. <laughs> what he was trying to say, I think, I think. I don't even want to take a journey in that man's mind, but I think what he was trying to say <laughs> was that you know, like per capita, losing more, like fewer, like losing that many people in a much smaller country is tantamount to losing X amount of Americans." But it read like some kind of weird equivalence chart. Yeah. Like you were making a stew, and like you could substitute. The, it was just very sickening. He said what? losing 600 Israelis is the equivalent of losing about 20,000 Americans. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like, what's that, like 29 Like, what the fuck, dude? This man's done his, yeah, he's done his fucking math. Jesus Christ, that guy's a fucking... Get, well... Get, get out of I just, well, no, well, I just want to like say like okay, so his point was basically trying to show the magnitude of this, the scale of this, the fact mm. that like Hamas struck, and not only did they strike, they killed quite a few people. All right, nobody's disputing that. I saw a lot of people over the course of the last week saying that like we need a new framework for this. Like we have to admit like that our framework of uh, I think. Violence, violent resistance is good, but I do not condone all actions. And then, like, you twist yourself into this algebra of trying to like come. It makes the no right sense. Sides. Find out when, right. when, when is it okay to use violence in this certain way, and when's it acceptable? And, and it's like, well, dude, I don't fucking. Then, know. Well, first of all, we have to go to the flow charts that are going around to to really accurately <laughs> gauge that. <laughs> that they had that, that they had out the anti-racist training. The, the, no. there was, I the saw, anti-war crimes training. I, no, I saw flow charts that were like, "Where are you on the pacifist revolutionary flow chart?" I find myself in the top left upper quadrant sometimes but in the bottom right it's like i'm like in a ditch like a cold ditch you know what i mean (laughs) that's like the rad lib formulation of this but i have seen people on like the communist left or people who are adjacent to me even like say that like we can't say like even it's it's crude and vulgar to say like this is how decolonization work this is the decolonization process and it's like okay I guess I agree to with you to a certain extent, but at the same time, there is nothing profound you can say about war. Nothing. There's, there's no nothing, way to yeah. put it in philosophical. It's hell. It's, it's yeah, there's no way to put it in sophisticated philosophical equations and like plug your inputs and say like, oh, this to the nth degree exponential power. That that this excuses this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or not I think there's many morality fucking, points for this to yeah. make it okay. It's just yeah. like no. And the thing is. And I mean, like, this is it. And I, because I just got done listening to that most recent Chapo episode where they had the guy from AJ Plus on. Uh, actually, absolutely astonishing interview that I think everybody should have to listen to. The degree to which it's just ignored what happens in Gaza, to the extent that you even have like leftists, well meaning leftists saying, like, there's already a two state solution, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't think, I think even that line. just goes to show like how deeply embedded we have erased what's going on there 
That like if it was a two state solution, you know what they would do? The IMF would come in and say, "Take our fucking high interest loans, and we'll just grind you into dust like we do every yeah. other third world country." That's not even what happens in Gaza. It's so fucking bad there that like the Israeli government like counts calories, like how many calories they'll allow into that place, so that they can barely keep people at survival level. Every day having to listen to see if your number's up. If today will be the day that you get fucking sniped in the leg or the head or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, like... It's a concentration camp yeah, is exactly. what it is. It's, it's, it's concentration. A, yeah, it's, not and, a two, and it, it's not a two-state thing where, like, this is just a highly degraded state, like, oppressed. Dog, it's a fucking concentration and then, camp. And then check this, yo, and check this. I, this shit blew my mind yesterday, dog. So there were two, two things that I thought was interesting. It was that um, pro-Israeli rally in New York City as response, right, to the pro-Palestine rally, right? But as uh, whereas uh, AOC, I think, was one of the people that came out and spoke out against this. People said that she'd spoken out against one speaker. I tried to find, if anyone can find the rest of her statement, then I'd like to see it. But and sure, I know that these, you know, these uh, these uh, this media will probably cut around her statements. But, dude, I think that whenever whenever the left right has to apologize, right, for supporting oppressed people. Right. Like it's something that we immediately have to fall in line for where she's saying that, well, in, um, it, you know, we have to stand against anti-Semitism and bigotry. But the pro-Israeli rally in New York where these people are actively saying they want to genocide and kill all Palestinians and Kathy Hochul was there, by the way, I'm not sure I think she was part of that contingent, but that's not the fucking point. That is just the baseline philosophy and ideology of a Zionist, right? Doesn't matter if you're a liberal, doesn't matter if you're fucking like a Christian um, um, uh, and Christian um, anti-Semitic, um, anti-Semitic Zionist, right? It is about extermination. But the minute, yo, the minute that you just not even not even just Palestinians picking up guns and fighting back because that is fucking that that's foregone conclusion, right? The minute that you protest against it, right? I mean, people are talking about in fucking in the UK banning the display of the Palestinian flag. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like what? Like what? It's not even just so much about a military hard war. It's about like this ideological war. Yeah. Where it's like even though the, it's a foregone precluded Palestinian liberation by these people, even going out and marching and rallying, right, is a fucking crime, dog. So what the fuck? What what else do you expect people to fucking do? The Palestinians well, uh, especially, right? Well, and then all you can do is raise your voice about it. But what happens when you raise your voice about it? I was just watching every. You remember when Mark Lamont Hill lost his job at CNN? Yeah. Yep. Few yep. years ago, yep, and he's not even a fucking like radical dog. He's like you know a fucking I mean? like, like left liberal like, progressive, yeah, center left, yeah, progressive dude. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, Jesus to me, Christ. this goes to the overall thesis here, which is that for seventy fucking years now, every person in the West has been so deeply ingrained with this notion that Palestinian lives matter far less than Israeli lives. Like, I'm serious, and I don't mean this in just, like, a hack way or just as, like, some, like, social justice oppression Olympics math or whatever. I mean it literally. You can see it in the way that this has been responded to in the way that you have to fucking state all your priors up front and qualify this. And, I'm not, I don't support Hamas, yeah, but, you know... Da-da-da. the Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like, it, I mean... Just the fact, like I said, it's the fact that, like, Hamas managed to do something basically unprecedented that, like, you, 
um, from the way that you responded to this on Friday are are then made to like retroactively go back and like, oh, I'm sorry, I apologize, I didn't understand that like it was this bad. It's just yeah. like like I, DSA <laughs> releasing a statement where they had to fucking that, that's another thing I forgot to mention. DSA releasing a statement where they had to apologize for the insensitivity of promoting a rally that they didn't even fucking come up with. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They didn't even fucking. They didn't even fucking organize it. Somebody else Just, did, but they had to apologize. Well, for it. also, you know, you're in bad shape when uh, the person you're teeing off on are some student activists, no, a couple of nineteen year olds. It and, has been, you know yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. It has been assumed for fucking thirty years, at least since the early '90s, when they started the fucking siege, that like. If you kill one Israeli, it has to be paid back with at least a thousand Palestinian yep. lives. Yep. That's the fucking issue here. That's it. I mean, like, that's... I mean, again, the only reason this is even coming up is because I've never seen so much, like, hand-wringing and, um, like, hemming and hawing from other people on the left. And it's like, you don't have to do that. I mean, I'm... Uh, you don't need my permission. Uh, you don't need the Palestinians' permission because they could give a fuck less. They're going to do whatever the fuck they need to do. If you were in the fucking conditions they lived in, you wouldn't give a fuck about what they write about in New York Magazine no. or what they say on Twitter. Why it matters for us, though, is because what I do, I do find extremely concerning is that the precedence is already there to basically close ranks around this and expel every single person who expresses even a modicum of support for the Palestinian cause because we've seen that happen with fucking Russia. And again, fuck Russia. I have no sympathy for them. I don't give a fuck about what they do. Whatever. But we have seen over the last two fucking years, they've basically closed out of all polite society, Russian artists, writers, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, athletes. athletes. It's yeah. crazy. The number one men's player in the world still has to play under no banner. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the only athlete in the world that the only athletes in the world have to do that's insane. And this is the thing: this has never fucking happened in the past when uh, when Israel just will randomly fucking kill an American journalist, or again. Uh, even that fucking doesn't even make the fucking... They killed a British journalist photographer uh, a couple of years ago as well. Even even when they <laughs> fucking randomly level hospitals and target ambulances and medics and stuff, you never see any of this fucking hand raining. Only in the time that like Hamas does something unprecedented do you have to then go out there and apologize and say, Oh, I didn't know about it on Friday when I celebrated this, that. You don't have to say that. What happened was that they, we all fucking woke up to the reality, and we were all basically forced to fucking admit that er, each and every fucking one of us for years sat by and just allowed it to be fucking fine that, like, Israeli lives matter way more than Palestinian yep. lives, and yep. you see it fucking everywhere. Yep, yep, yep. I don't know. I just, I just don't, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I, I mean, you know, I, I know we're gonna get into Sarkum, we're probably getting Sarkum, but it's just, it's just, it's just uh, I just have to say again, it's maddening because I mean, I don't, I don't, no, I don't, I'm not like a fucking arbiter of like moral justice or anything like that. I don't think I'm, I'm, I have better ideas than anyone else, or I'm a better person than anyone else. But the fact that like you're literally supporting people breaking out of a cage, I mean, we talked about it on the Patreon, and we are the ones being demonized, you know? Now I mean, we are being demonized, but the, I mean, the fact that the Palestinian, the Palestinian people are just seen as like. They're subhuman, right? But it, their, their death is inevitable, you know? 
And I mean, that's again, that's the thrust of Zionism, right? The thrust of Zionism is that it is about extermination, and nobody wants to fucking admit that. Everyone is talking about solutions, solutions, yeah. instead of stopping the fucking settlement, right? Instead of stopping the thing that threw all this into motion in the first place. Yep. Yeah. Fucking God, man. I mean, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's just, I mean, I like, I can't even like sit here and I guess, I, I guess, yeah, like, if you are an enterprising person who wants to learn more, look up what it's like to fucking live in Gaza. I mean, like, I guess, like, I could sit here and read the fucking conditions for you, but it's just, I just can't, like, I just, like, I really cannot countenance having to retroactively qualify my uh, support for something just because, oh, you didn't realize it was this bad? It's like, okay, well, you knew it was this bad in Gaza. You knew yeah. it. I, I mean... <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, it's just a kind of like example of how this has all sort of been like naturalized to such an extent that, um, that now you've got basically the Israeli state saying, uh, you know, uh, you've got like you know global leaders, the global international community, mm. like the rules based international order, saying like, well. Okay, the only solution to this is basically just letting Israel completely cleanse Gaza. Like, that's their solution to it, and they're about to just let it happen. Well, people, that's another thing missing in the context of all this. What precipitated all this happening is the Israeli parliament, I guess, or whatever their legislative body's called. Knesset. 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 Yeah, yeah. Just moved to, like, push, like, just basically to eliminate what's the Palestinian settlements just to take all that now. Yeah. 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 So what do you do in that situation? You know, cause what's what, you know what they say about the long run. We're all dead in the fucking long run. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> I guess we can read the article because I thought the article was an interesting insight into the mind of a madman, obviously, but also into the mind. That's, you know, that's the, that was my problem with Levitz just going into this is because this guy is like one of the like preeminent like left scolds. Dude, you can actually set your watch by it. And I do think that the next person who writes the like a shrunken white about like online like writing ticks has to come up with a law for this. Okay, I'll I'll come up with it. I'm going to I'm going to abolish what we used to call Ray's law and we're we're going to rewrite we're going to rewrite Ray's law. Ray's law is when you, this is a writing tick that's very common with left liberal writers who see themselves as like the vanguard of like interpreting the left to the rest of America. They're the normie speakers. Yes, yes. They they do this where, they do this Levitz, Will Stansel. (laughs) Yes. Um, But what they do is they like find three or four hypothetical leftists and basically expand them out to be emblematic of the entire left because like i've noticed will Will stancil did this today he said oh i'm just like some people were calling him on it because he was like oh this is just bad news for left groups like the wholesale uh sort of acceptance of mass slaughter is not going to be good for their long-term prospects and like i'm already seeing it and people are like what do you who what groups you talking about will oh just some people here in minnesota people in minnesota like no no Please tell me. And it's like, oh no, you don't. You don't know these groups. They go to a different school. Every time I, every time I see this guy, it's him being asked to produce the people Evidence he's of- 
the, yeah. that people he's hypothetically talking about and him saying, uh, well, I don't have them right now, but, uh, but they're I just mean, out of frame though. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Every yeah. single time. Um, motherfucker, man. no, like, I'm, I don't know. Levitz, I kind of consider also, um, he's not quite, he's not like psychopathic. He's not like, He's not like a Matt Iglesias or a no opinion like we read about on the show yeah. Sunday. He even makes some cogent points in this, but it's it's just where he starts from. It's his starting he, point. The, 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 it's, it's his thumb on the fucking scale from the word go. Well, it's mm. it's the assumed like paternalistic nature of like the left liberal project over the last 50 or 60 years, which is like, I know best... Uh, I know from my high moral ivory tower perch that like and non- because I am currently employed at the intelligencer, right? And I would like to and I would like to keep getting those jobs <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I want my more conservative peers to take me seriously more so than I care about actually bring a socialist message to uh to normal or say working people. Right? Maybe maybe I should just read it. Um, I think that like the headline itself is sort of indicative of what i'm getting at okay and, and to be fair sometimes we know you don't get to choose those headlines <laughs> yeah your editor does free well i mean even if you you're right okay you're right to be fair you don't get to choose the headlines but jonathan chade's headline on his thing is also kind of indicative of what i'm talking about your moral equation must have human beings on both sides ignoring universal humanity is the path to murder so it's like by saying that, it is a kind of like all si- all lives matter type deal. It's both sides, yeah. Man. But like, yeah, they're all lives mattering this thing. <laughs> right, right. But it's well. It's, can, or go ahead. Go, go. No, 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 no. I just wanted to say what it says is that what it says is that um, the, pa- the Palestinians have as much of, as big an obligation to stem the loss of life as the people have been slaughtering them yeah. for seventy years, and it's just like. It's just so asymmetrical. There's even that premise, and which Aesop's is why fably. Yeah, which is why two I wrongs don't, don't make a right. It, exactly, which is why dog. I'm not gonna denounce. I'm never gonna denounce Hamas because, like, I mean, like, not to say that, like, sure, you're not their press happen. secretary. Yeah, but I'm not their fucking keeper, dog. Like, what the fuck do you want me to do? Also, yo? also, it gets at a fundamental thing here, which is that why the fuck would they care about what I think? Why the exactly. fuck would they care about what I think? If your average lifespan is like 25, you have a high likelihood of losing at least one of your limbs by a sniper, yep. by dying from malnutrition, disease, uh, yep. disease <laughs> fucking rocket strike. Like, what? What? What are my good I, vibes? What are, are you gonna? You're not. Am I gonna? You're gonna uh, have? What are you gonna form revolution by osmosis based off of my good pacifist vibes? Like when what the I fuck, saw dude? that, when I saw those statistics, I can remember being a child, and when the Angolan national team, at the height of the HIV crisis in the early '90s, was playing in Barcelona, and everybody on the national team had already exceeded their expectation for their lifespan Mm. proportional to folks back home. Mm. Like we're talking about cutting that in half Mm. and transferring that over there. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not doing this like, you know, equivalency. We're Richie Torres shit, but I'm just saying like, that's how stark it was to me. Like I remember being disturbed by that as a kid and that waking something up in me about how people live in other places. That's what I'm saying. Like, what they're dealing with isn't even a state that's been gradually worn down by like our 
are surplus extracting like sovereign debt you know mechanisms of like the imf and the world bank and like trade policies and just global capitalism in general like this is something that far exceeds even like capitalist immiseration this is something that like speaks to the absolute depravity and darkness of human beings yep. that they what would like that, that exactly like this isn't yep. just like this isn't just like a structural um, inefficiency or or even a structural discrimin or oppression where like we're exploiting their resources or we're keep putting them in debt traps. This is a it is an like you said, Aaron before an ontological evil that speaks to the worst things human beings can do to each other. And in that situation, A, how do you expect the people on the other side of that to just uh, go along with it and then also go along with, B, Western standards of, like, uh, tit-for-tat, morality, uh, all this life yep. equals this life, when in all reality, let's be, let's face yeah, it. It really doesn't, let's, because yeah, if let's it not, did, he wouldn't be saying that in the fucking first place. Let's just quit bullshitting ourselves for two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly, Tom. I mean, yeah. You say right. that rhetorically, but you don't believe it. Exactly. No, you don't believe it, which is, which is why, which is why, you know, which is why you'll fucking be like, well, they're beheading babies, or I'm not sure if these things are true, but, you know, I speak out against the loss of life, but then it's like, well, dude like you know what the fucking you know what the norm is fucking like uh, two million people getting carpet bombed every fucking day indiscriminately dog you know what i mean i'm just sorry i don't even mean also put it on a scale of like oh well this is worse than this but i mean like come the fuck on dude it's just disproportionate right and that's the thing that's the thing it's like i saw some people saying like well we have to be real we have to like admit that there were like atrocities committed by hamas and israel and it's like well okay no one was ever fucking saying. The minute I heard they were firing rockets into Israel, just like every time I've heard that in the past, I've thought, well, someone's going to die on the other side of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, They're not full like, of confetti. You know what I mean? Like, what the yeah, fuck, dog? It's like, where, what world were you living in where the fucking previous rockets fired weren't fucking killing people? It's like, oh, is the number making you fucking queasy? Yes, it's fucking bad. That's fucking war. This is what fucking happens when you cordon people in concentration camps. It's fucked up. <laughs> I mean, it's like... And they're willing to do fucked up things in order to achieve liberation, dog. And it's not up to me a thousand fucking miles away with my fucking closet full of sneakers to tell these people what they can't fucking do, yo. I mean... You know what I mean? Yeah, like, what the fuck, dude? I don't know. And also, like... and and Well, yeah, you're exactly right, Aaron. And, like, where I'm going with that is, like... Even kind of like trying to correct the 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 record on like beheading babies and stuff. It's like okay, well the de- well the the purpose has already been achieved. The purpose has already <laughs> fucking been achieved. So you could they could walk that back tomorrow, and you'd still have Michael Imperioli out here talking about it. You know what I mean? Dog, like, I had people, I had people, people trying to say to me, give me give I, that the burden of proof was on me. Even though I'm not making the claim, I'm not the one that believes in the claim, but the burden of proof, the burden of proof is on me to prove that it did not not happen. What the fuck is wrong with you, bro? <laughs> it's on you, Aaron Thorpe of Atlanta, Georgia. It's on me to prove a negative, yo. To prove a negative. I'm going to put on my blue UN helmet and my go over to Palestine and like fucking do reporting on the ground. It's just like, it's just a shocking... Um, it, what it is is it's it's a willful sh- ignorance at best. It's, well, if you can't read the tea leaves on this shit by this point. It's willful ignorance <laughs> at best. It's willful ignorance, but it's also a shocking uh, uh, abdication of of realization of where you fucking sit in the world. All right, exactly. I sit in fucking 
America, right? Like yeah. rural fucking uh, wasteland that's just been destroyed <laughs> by fucking coal mines or whatever. I am under no illusions that my opinions one way or the fucking other are going to affect this. What I can control is how the left responds to this stuff and how we build a leftist movement in the United States and how this gets sort of reformulated and digested through the media in the United States and and helps build towards liberatory movements in other places. Those are the only things I can, can fucking control. I can control what happens there. I can't control how many people do or don't get killed. That's not, that's all out of my control. I can't. I listen, man. As Angela Davis said as well, man. The thrust of any revolutionary movement lies in its goals, right? Its tactics tactics are another story. But nobody ever talks about the everyday violence, right? That we all undergo, especially Palestinians, right? Part like a sort of a sort of violence that is just ultra violence, which is just. Un, un, I mean, just in, in the modern world, like, I mean, they're, they're, in the modern world, there are horrible, horrible places to live. But we're talking about a place that is purposefully, as you were saying, Terrence, a concentration camp that has, these people are not being fucking exploited for their resources, for their labor. They're being concentrated there in a, in a slow social death, yo. Yeah. I mean, this is a concentration camp before it's an extermination camp, essentially. Well, you know and I mean? as they <laughs> pointed out in the interview on Chapo, like, a lot of the people in Gaza have never even met Israelis. They have been in confinement for so That's long. Fucking they've insane. never even met an Israeli. So, like, Dude, think about that. That, is that, that you are confined for your entire life by people you've never even fucking met. Dude, it's like it's like the fucking panopticon pan yeah. shit almost, dog. You got this unknown enemy around you at all fucking time that you haven't even seen, met. And so, insane. if if that's your world where you're constantly fucking sniped at and like tr and tried to be bombarded and killed by by that. How the fuck are you going to make distinctions about who fucking did this and who that and who's innocent and who's not a non-combatant and, and this that and the other? Th there's no fucking way any leftist in America could sit down and like do the Rubik's cube math and yeah, pull up pull yeah. out like a chart and start yeah. like chart shit up and then like dig into the fucking nuance on that at a protest and that like you then fucking tell you signal to your neighbors that you think this that the other is correct. I mean, and also just the, the, like like the disproportional amount that you know coming out of Gaza, yep. right? Like there's a very specific reason. Like anybody that's a veteran of the prison abolition movement knows that like when you try to go into some of these places with fences and cages and stuff, dude, you might get in, you might not. You know why? And there's a very specific reason for that because they don't want you to fucking know what goes on inside. They don't want you to talk to people on the inside. No, which is why they're fucking shooting journalists like they shot that journalist a couple of years ago, dog. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, who would have been reporting on it now? I, like, that's the thing. It's like, I... Um, if you ever met someone that's been in prison for longer than, like, five to ten years, like... I hate to break it to you, but their worldviews are incredibly bleak and violent. And, like, yep. that's because you put people in those conditions, it reproduces. That's the that's the whole point. The whole point is to yep. dehum dehumanize you. Yep. Uh, and then justify their justified genocide, right? Yeah, which is, like, why we say when we're abolitionists, it's, like, this is a systemic issue. It's not just, like, a more individually moral thing, like, Oh, X guy killed Y person, therefore he's a bad person and deserves to spend the rest of his life in prison. It's that we've created an, a whole industrialized system of it that's not fixing the problem of crime, murder, violence, or anything else. And 
is actually furthering that. (laughs) And that's why you oppose the system. You can't dig into the morality of specific individuals. Yep. I mean, just the shocking, like, again, it's just people, like, not even grappling with that systemic aspect of it and, like, really dialing in on a few bad apples here and there and then, like, blowing that up to, like, I mean, we haven't even fucking read the article. I'm really sorry, but, like... No, no, no. It's just... I, I, I don't know. Um... Well, let me let me read the headline. Uh, a left that refuses to condemn mass murder is doomed. <laughs> bro, 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 bro. Can I just say, bro, bro, bro. First of all, there is no left. I mean, I don't mean to be bleak about it, but there ain't no left. We ain't got no power, bro. Anything that we say, anything that I tweet, anything that like, I mean, marches, rallies, sure. But we're not the ones that are shifting the course of this, like, like you know what I'm saying, of this, is of this fucking landscape, you know what I mean? Not to say that we don't have obligations to stand, to, have, uh, to, to stand in solidarity, but, like, the people that are committing the most violence are the people that are giving this, uh, Israel bombs and shit like that. Also, yeah. let me and also the liberals say that, this. the liberals that justify that shit. Let me also <laughs> say this. If Palestine was a, uh, you know, an officially recognized country with its own military navy and all that stuff, you wouldn't refer to it as mass murder. But because right. you're trying to fucking put, call, pull some something out of nothing and you're having to get in bed with these with Hamas and some of these different groups, like, then it it allows you to be opened up to scrutiny, be called, be called terrorists, and you serve yes. those ends. And it's just like yes. a snake eating its tail. You know yes. what I mean? Because they're not official state actors, right? Or it's not even a state technically, right? It has no fucking autonomy, right? No. Yeah. So that no. means that anything it does is illegitimate. You know what I mean? Right. Dude, it, um, you're right. There's so much packed into that headline that it's really astonishing. Okay, a left. Okay, you're right, Aaron. What is the left? The left is a loosely defined group of a few organizations, most of which are Trotskyist in origin. Like DSA <laughs> and like yeah. Teamsters and shit. Uh, like you've got unions, you've got a, you know, let's call them Justice Dems, and then you've got like DSA and just like the kind of like connective tissue being like NGOs and nonprofits in between that. All basically trying to lobby a fucking legislature that is more ineffective than like the Tsarist Russia like fucking <laughs> like you know little Potemkin legislatures they set up to like please liberal and arguably more anti-communist more anti-leftism <laughs> as well yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Eric Levitt you act like and you say you're one of us so you act like we have these meetings on Thursday where we all get on a zoom and we all like talk strategy shut the fuck up <laughs> nah we just don't invite you brother because you fucking and, suck yeah okay so uh, <laughs> that left that refuses to condemn mass murder uh, okay. Again, I do condemn mass murder. I have been for the past ten years. It's been what they're doing in Gaza and the West Bank. I think that's why I'm a leftist. It's a big part of me. me yeah. Big part of me being yeah. a leftist is condemning mass murder. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, also, I don't know, dog. contextualizing this strike is is not like like what what I hate and what I completely reject. Is this trying to say that people that are trying to contextualize this strike and talk about it in the context of this occupation as the same as these right-wingers that were tap-dancing on those people that got stabs grave last week? Yes. And to that I say, you can go to hell, motherfucker. Yeah, dude, you can fucking suck a dick, dude. Fuck dude. you, Pete. The fact that you would the fact that you would talk about somebody who was um, who was effectively powerless, yo, and yeah. against like a fucking apartheid state. 
You know what I mean? To to Fuck his you, credit, dude. his last column was about that. So I will give him that. I'll give him props on that. His column was about the right wingers tapped in. Well, okay, so it might still be fresh on his mind or something. Yeah, uh, I, I like, but, but like I, I just. But, but you don't even have to go that far. Because a fucking video, I think one of you referenced it earlier. There was a video earlier of these of a pro-Israel rally in New York yeah. where they're going by and they're interviewing them, and they're basically holding up their phones and showing like blank fucking desolate wastelands of of you know land and saying like this is what we mean by river to the sea, wipe the Palestinians off the face of the earth, and that is accepted speech in the West. That will not that will not get you fired. It will not get you yep. ostracized from polite society. Nope. It will in fact get you welcomed into society because that's how yep. fucked up we Maybe are. Maybe you can run for fucking office, yo. Yeah. Yeah. And that is the fundamental paradigm we are discussing here. That like that's okay. And that for you to spend a thousand words while that is being implemented, that's I guess it's certainly your choice. I guess it's you're, certainly you're, my choice to sit here and fucking talk about it for an hour. But. You're just a running dog of imperialism. And listen, I want to be fair, too. And I understand, like, proximity mm. to these things. You know what I mean? And I want to be, like, sensitive mm-hmm. about that, too, because it's like, I know that my fucked up racist uncles, if they were to die, I would feel some kind of way about that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I'm not making any presumptions yeah. about people's yeah. family or anything mm-hmm. like that. But even when your family's fucked up, you feel a certain kind of way about that. So I can understand that. But like, you can't extrapolate that out to the broader conversation and sort of use it to like sort of all lives matter, things like that. You know what I'm saying? No, no you can't. I'll just read here. This weekend in Israel, a far-right Islamist group perpetrated the largest mass killing of Jews since the Holocaust, murdering entire families, including babies in their beds, and slaughtering 260 concert goers. Can I, can the- I just say real quick, man, and I want to be sensitive about this. Can I just say real quick, Terrence? I know we get it, but, but I just want to point that out, just underscore, because I've been hearing this a lot. Yeah, I've been hearing Mass killing this, of Jews yeah. since the Holocaust. And what, what I just... I'm not saying that's not true. I'm sure it is true. I mean, it is true, right? But, I mean, dude... So is the is the is the is the genocide the geno- the continuing ongoing genocide of Palestinians that has been going on since since the sixties I mean before that is that not a, ho- a genocide of its own you know what I mean is that not something at all as well is that it not- you can call a holocaust yeah. you know what I mean and a genocide which you don't want to happen again if you don't want a fucking repeat of what happened you know what I mean it's yeah. just. I just don't like that holding it up in like, you know, in this unique, it is a unique historical thing, but that doesn't mean that it cannot be per, per, uh, uh, happen again. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that it can't be experienced upon by other people, you know? Yeah. Well, that and, their suffering is any less, you know what I mean? Well, and that the construction <sighs> of the post-war international order basically necessitated that the people who con- who carried out that holocaust would basically get away with it with the exception of yes. a few high ranking officials they'd basically get away with it and uh and then we would fast forward 80 fucking years later and we're just rehabilitating all the fucking people that did it so that we could like fight russia in this like weird you know post cold war thing i mean it's just like it's you're right aaron it's just like you've got that fact with added with the element that like you're seeing holocaust revisionism everywhere <laughs> yes. the fucking spread of anti-semitism and far-right movements across europe and i mean it's, it's like just, you get to choose when the holocaust matters right if it's yeah. in service of fucking like a fucking othering or uh, dehumanizing another people right yeah you know what i mean it's just like come on dude um israel's far-right government predictably 
responded by choking off all food, electricity, and fuel to Gaza's 2 million residents and then preparing a military assault more untempered by concern for civilian casualties than ever before. Israel's defense minister Yoav Gallant made the brutality of what is to come plain on Monday saying we are fighting human animals and we will act accordingly. And no small number of supposed leftists found in all this cause for celebration. Others, meanwhile, loudly refused to condemn Hamas's atrocities insisting it was not their place to decry the military strategy or violent resistance of oppressed Palestinians, which I guess is what we've just spent the last hour doing, so sorry. Yeah, but but you know what, Terrence, hold up real quick. Hamas, by the way, if you're listening, tsk tsk, bad, bad Hamas, no, no. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> finger-wagging, I did it then. Did I Aaron did then, Thorpe just feel? criticize my... <laughs> What, what are the what are you talking about? Like Hamas says, like a Patreon, and we fucking commented on the <laughs> comment box. We're gonna cancel Hamas, is what we're gonna do. In my view, these responses constitute a betrayal of the left's most fundamental values. Either one upholds the equal worth of all human lives, opposes war crimes, and despises, despises far right ethno nationalist political projects, or one doesn't. What's more, cheering or publicly announcing your refusal to condemn the murder of children isn't just morally grotesque, but also politically self. I want to see who yo dog. If I say that, I, I've said it, I fucking denounce the killing of children, right? I don't think that's the same fucking thing as saying that I support Palestinian liberation, right? By any means necessary, dog. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not saying that I want them to go out and kill children. Like, what are you fucking talking about, dog? Listen, listen, here's, yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly a good point, man. It's like, there's no serious person that would say, like, if we could rewind the clock back to when, uh, right before Yitzhak Rabin was assassinated and, like, the PLO was willing to come to the table and, like, compromise and also, not for nothing, meet all the U.S.'s requirements before they got turncoated. Yep. Like, if we could turn that back and we could have peace talks and all that stuff. But, like, that's just, that. like, that takes... Well- yeah. Some willingness from the dominant power here, and that's just not been demonstrated. Well, nope. and also... What fucking kills me about this is the sentence like, uh, what's more cheering or publicly announcing your refusal to condemn the murder of children isn't just more like grotesque. Why didn't you write this article every single fucking time Israel dropped a bomb on an apartment complex or a hospital or, or shot school, a child in the fucking head? Or what? I mean, it's just like, okay, I, kn- I know that you, I'm, you know, this might because sound he did unfair. The sa- he did the same thing we all did. It was just abstractions to us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He did the well, same thing we all did. Yeah, we all support Palestine, freedom, and liberation in the yeah. abstract. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, but when it comes down to brass tacks, yep. Well, but that's yeah. and that's the thing that gets at the central thing here, which is that like we've all internalized the lie that Palestinian lives are worth less than Israeli lives. That's why every previous time this has happened to with Palestinians on the opposite side. There's not been this hand-wringing. There's not been these articles because we've all internalized that. But when Hamas manages to break down the walls and, like, fucking do a sneak attack on them and catch them by surprise, then we have to have this. And then we have to go back and revise our priors and say that, like, oh, I guess maybe I am deep down a... I guess I'm maladjusted. Um, I guess I'm a yeah, maladjusted, maladjusted anti Yeah, morally <laughs> repugnant person. It's like... I have to fucking question that because if you're pressing that line, 
if you're if you are seriously going out there and saying that like people should i mean okay i do agree that maybe you should do a sort of like moral inventory if you are mm. someone who cares about changing the world but i do think that there's a limit to that where if you go out there and you try to obscure the fucking lines on this so much and move mm. the goalposts so much you you are going to get a situation where people start falling away and then people like stancil whining about like oh this will break the left it won't be because of any uh, actual fucking values or anything like that it's it'll be because everybody's blurred the fucking lines yep. On what is morally acceptable and what's not. And nobody not could and... fucking take a definitive stance, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, without six qualifiers. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, well, which makes it meaningless at that point. That is exactly right. <laughs> How can you seriously expect anyone in the future to have any kind of principled stance let me, on let anything? Let me drop a little Bible on you. The scripture says, let your yes be a yes and your no be a no. The rest is the work of the devil. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's really good. Holy shit. That's bars. That's really I'm bad. telling you, that's, that's bars. bars. I think about that all the time. And I know we live in like a kind of a gray world and all this kind of stuff, but like, you got to say it with your full chest. Well, I just, the thing is, it's like, you. it's hard to even have this conversation when like, it's acceptable for a human being to go out in public and say, I think Palestinian babies should be killed. That's acceptable. Literally, I never, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that about Israeli babies, by the way. None of us are saying that, by the way. Right. None of us are, exactly right. No one of us are saying that, but it is acceptable to say that in public. And so how the fuck can you do this like moral uh, algebra thing when that's the reality? Yep. Yep. Again, it's the all lives matterization. The West's apologists for Palestinian war crimes have far less power than its apologists for Israel's brutal domination of the Palestinian territories and discrimination against Arab citizens of Israel. But precisely because left-wing critics of Israel apartheid lack power, we must not forfeit our moral authority. For decades, the Israeli government's knee-jerk defense... This, this is like the whole when, we go, when they go low, we go high shit. I mean, it's like... I mean, it's, it's just... If that's your principled stance, like, okay, fine. Like, yes, the the practice of nonviolence is something that I do admire. I mean, I've never even had to fucking been pressed on that, right? It's yeah, just yeah. like I don't really have an opinion on it one way or the other. Uh, you know, I guess, like, if I'm getting my ass beat by a cop, I'm probably not going to throw a haymaker just because I'm not trying to get shot. But if I'm getting my ass beat, <laughs> exactly. if I'm getting my ass beat by an all right dude, I'm going to try to fuck him up. So it's like, <laughs> I'm I don't gonna try to fucking break his head. Yeah, it's like, I mean, I don't really like I've not really sat down and like thought about like the finer details of like, oh, man, am, am I like Martin Luther King and all this? And like, <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> <Malcolm X. laughs> I mean, it's but like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's that adventures into a little uh little uh, <laughs> high-mindedness that you probably, we all should do well to avoid. Well, and I also just think that, like, when that question was being asked and when it was kind of, like, being mediated and thought out, like, those were different conditions. That was a different world. Like, yeah. there was a social compact in order. There was a Fordist system kind of holding it all together. Mm. We don't live in that world anymore. So it's like, I and but I don't have any... We can't even get our facts straight on the rules of engagement and all this stuff. You yeah, know what I, I mean? Yeah. But I don't have any feelings. I don't have any adverse feelings to people who've adopted nonviolence at all. No, no highly yeah, I don't think you're a pussy or I don't yeah. think you're unrealistic, dude. If anything, you know, I think that's, uh, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's but, idealistic. But and, and in a way that, like, that's the ideal yeah. and I, that you're striving for that is inspiring. You but know? that's not even what's on the table here. What's no. on the table here is that you signify in the correct 
triangulated social media fashion, your values and principles towards the nonviolent cause in a part of the world, in a situation that is so depraved, like so beyond human comprehension for it is like hell atrocity. On Earth. It yeah, is like, hell on Earth. <laughs> it's like it's it's like it's an abstraction that like can only to me tell me that like if you were writing this you must be self-obsessed i can't you, think you're of any other fucking... yourself you're self-important not only do you think that your goodwill can have an outcome and an impact on the materiality of what's going on there but you even are speaking out people who are fighting against that materiality with the only means that they know how which is violence yo i'm sorry mm-hmm. you know yeah um, I'm fucking sorry. Now, a loud minority of Palestine's self-styled champions are blithely affirming this smear, insisting that solidarity with Palestine requires callous indifference toward, or at least the very silence about the mass murder of Jews. In so doing, they are making it easier for their adversaries to discredit and marginalize the broader cause of Palestinian liberation. Okay, Why again, is that, though, Eric? Right. Why is that, though? Because, again, we've all internalized this idea that Israeli lives are worth infinitely more than... than Palestinian lives. Well, and also this, like, no one on the left is saying that. I mean, literally. When you formulate it that way, and I'm glad you did formulate it that way, Eric, because no one is literally saying that we should have a callous indifference toward the mass murder of Jews. I'll tell you who is saying that. The Canadian Parliament. Bro, I'll tell you. (laughs) Victor Orban. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Victor Orban. I mean, like. It's like, why is the left paying for the crimes of like the global surge and right wing? Is it? Is it? Is it? Have they internalized like the Bernie loss and what that meant in places like you know Hungary and all these places like France and all these places that had sort of nascent right wing movements that sort of flourished, whereas ours didn't really get off the ground. Like, are we paying for that? Yeah. 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 Well, and it's like. Uh, central to his argument here is that by being callous and basically doing what we've just done, and I and I do take this seriously. I really hope it doesn't come across as callous, but I think central to his argument is that by being indifferent or being kind of glib and cavalier about it, we then turn off potentially convertible people to the Palestinian cause and there is perhaps some credence to that but there is a massive difference between like what i say in public at a face-to-face level and like what you're seeing online that's been like geared up by a fucking algorithm or uh just like what people think they have to do to like get a post to go viral and to be fair he acknowledges that further on down in the piece but i do feel at the same time that when you've got a situation where it's okay to like i'm this is not me exaggerating or being hyperbolic it is okay in american society to say that palestinian babies should be murdered slaughtered yeah. and when that's on the table and that's okay you know what you know you know what it is can, can i give you can I give you an example real quick it's like it's like this um i took this uh uh i took this political science course when i was uh studying at georgia state and I had this mentor really nice guy man he was a cool dude he's a social democrat but you know he knew my politics but um you know he encouraged me right um to go further with my studies and he said one thing in this office one time that i've heard white people say we're talking about black lives matter and he was like 
but why don't you say Black Lives Matter too? Because I think if you added the two to it, right, it would be more inclusive to people who would naturally be apathetic to your goals. And I was like, nigga, bro, are you talking to, like, my lived, I don't hate to say lived experience. My lived experience has really never really depended upon how I carry myself. Sure, right? You know, you go through the world in a certain way. But the fact that I exist, right, who, as I exist as a black person... There are just preconceived notions that I just can't help and affect, you know? Yeah. So yeah. why the fuck would you tell the people that they should be worried about how they're going to come across to other people when the material circumstances and ideology is what shapes their opinion in the fucking first place? Right, right? exactly. And it's like you, <laughs> I mean, can, you can see that, like, why, the way we live in, in the United States and why, like, uh, Better Mental Health was offering... Uh, 15% <laughs> discount to people personally affected by this. Like, no, what America says to the black man is, no, what you need is a better marketing situation. Yeah, you need yeah. a better PR firm. Pull up your pants, yo. Pull up your pants, You know what bro. I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then we say that to everybody. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, so apparently, uh, so he writes... It is not hyperbole to say that many left-wing supporters of Palestine celebrated Hamas's atrocities. The national leadership of Students for Justice in Palestine declared the weekend's events as a historic win for the Palestinian resistance. The Connecticut chapter of the Democratic Socialists of America applauded the Palestinian resistance's unprecedented anti-colonial struggle, pledged its solidarity to that struggle, and vowed no peace on stolen land. At a rally co-sponsored by socialist organizations in NYC, one speaker spoke approvingly of the mass murder of Israeli teenagers, saying, there was some sort of rave or desert party where they were having a great time until the resistance came in and electrified hang gliders and took at least several dozen hipsters. Some left-wing right, can, can I just say real? Can I? Can I? Can I just? My bad. My bad. Terms. Can I just say real quick? You know, I know we talked about this before, but and I'm just say this like on the main. Yo, dog. I wouldn't go, you said the terms, I wouldn't go party near a volcano, you know what I mean? This is another thing about material circumstances and reality, dog. That's not me making fun of that. I'm just saying, like, the fact that they were even able to do that should give you an indication, should be indicative of the power relations here, right? Yeah. Exists. Yeah, it's like, so, like, okay, the, like, the word choice there, I mean, who the fuck knows? It's a rally, you know, maybe you're emotional, maybe you're, you're fired up, yeah, you're fired yeah. up or whatever, I mean, calling them hipsters or whatever. Who even gives a shit about the word choice? I'm not here to fucking uh, police any of that, scold any of that. I don't give a fuck. But you're right. There is a structural reality here. And there is a increasing tendency to overlook that for the actions of a group of individuals. We don't have any kind of structural analysis. Because that would be if once you do that, once you get any kind of structural analysis, then you have to fucking look at history, and yes. no one has done that. Is there any fucking like it's like the New York Times editorial board, no mention, not a single vibes, fucking word about what has happened in the last ten years that could have led up to this. Same here, nothing. Just vibes. It's just, just vibes. Yeah, just vibes. Which no is fucking, malpractice. No, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> that, and that's the thing. Once you start looking at the the structural reality here, then you have to fucking incorporate history. Nobody, uh, nobody wants to do that. Well, also I have to, I have to beg the question too. Like, why do we have to apologize for somebody making a a tasteless comment? But like, yeah, but there's never any account given for the people that say call to make Gaza a parking lot. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. On exactly. the other rally, like exactly. why? Like you exactly. know what I'm saying? Like I don't understand why that has to be the case. Well, I think, and the thing is, is like, the thing is, is partially to do with these writers' audiences. 
Mm. We got it that at the beginning here. His audience is basically like other leftists ostensibly and like saying like well you're not gonna make any ground if you couch things in this way i have to say i mean uh you know uh <laughs> the funniest part about that is you saw plenty of that going on on twitter like oh well, you're gonna alienate all these politicians you work to put in there because you know you can't say these things and it's like it took aoc all of 24 hours to fucking <laughs> renounce yeah, any, any semblance of principle she had. Yeah, there's not any point in... I mean, I don't know. To me, calling out how fucking absolutely absurd they are is how I persuade them to change their mind you know it's kind of it's kind of like (laughs) making fun of them (laughs) not by tailoring not by tailoring my views to something that i think is more palatable to these motherfuckers that you put in office it's like the it's like the rick james like dave Chappelle thing it's like yo we gave him some help (laughs) (laughs) it's like by by fucking lambasting them i am trying to fucking get them to change their stupid ass opinions anyways uh, some left-wing intellectuals, meanwhile, chose to gussy up their ardor for war crimes in layers of impenetrable jargon. <laughs> their ardor for war crimes. Speaking plainly would have required such thinkers to acknowledge they were endorsing the mass murder of children and thus to assume the extraordinary burden of justifying this stance, which is to say the burden of explaining why we should believe that Palestinian liberation can be achieved through the killing of Jewish children and only through the killing of Jewish children. It's understandable, then, that instead of forthrightly making this case, many choose to convey the sentiment oppressed people have a right to commit mass murder with as much opacity and pseudo-profundity as their hard-won vocabularies would allow. Um, these... So I, I just I just also like, too, that violence is always seen as something that's like, um, it's just inherently, I mean, violence is bad, of course it is, but just it, it's just so far removed from what Palestinians should be doing, you know what I mean? It's almost yeah. as if it comes with a value judgment before you've even against contextualized what is actually happening here, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, shit, like, I, I'm just as guilty of that as anyone. I mean, I feel like I made a post about, like, AOC and the squad kind of, like, wavering as a sign that, like, uh, I guess maybe the gist of the post was that, like, this was an act of resistance. Maybe that's kind of, like, what is the core of this. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. like, Eric Levitz and a lot of these guys don't think that this was an act of resistance or that it was... um or that like the content of it thereby negates the form. Exactly. And so and can possibly jeopardize the cause. Right? And can je- possibly jeopardize the cause. And I don't know like I guess I guess I just fundamentally disagree because if you look at it from a systemic standpoint, I mean again, yeah, there aren't there the actions don't leave much room for like celebration if you're like yeah. looking at like yeah. Atrocity. But also, like the idea that, like that, I, I don't like this assumption that, like, we treat war like it's like a football game. Yeah, right, right. You know, what I mean? like where we pick a side based on aesthetics and who our favorite players are. Right, right. You know what I well, mean? Well, that's like, the, that's it, the implication here that, like, we've got hard won vocabularies and, like, we are academics and PhDs that are out of touch with you know the world, and it's like. I don't know, man. Where, where did you go to school? Can I look that up? Yeah, like maybe that's you. Maybe you're uh, projecting right, here, brother. Is to, if you're out for the intelligence, sir, you ain't in no position to cast stones, my man. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, um, he quotes a, um 
article from The Drift, which is a socialist magazine. Um, in this intellectual's telling, the killings of entire families in their beds are not atrocities that contradicts the left's fundamental commitment to the inherent worth of every human life. They are drastic actions in need of no apologia. Such sentiments were not altogether aberrant among left-wing public intellectuals. A Marxist professor at Birkbeck University of London declared that the murder of 260 Israelis at a rave was a consequence for partying on stolen land. Other academics and a wide variety of campus student organizations issued statements pointedly refusing to criticize Palestinian resistance. Meanwhile, social media was replete with claims that Hamas's atrocities constituted heroic progress toward decolonization and that Jewish Israeli civilians were fair targets for violence as they are settlers occupying stolen lands. By the way, didn't the government, didn't the Israel government say that they were going to start giving guns to settlers? Uh, I mean, like, bro, again, I think it's just a fundamental. I, you, what you just said, Terrence, was a good point because um, it's just like this, this idea that violence is not. Uh, an acceptable act of resistance you know what I mean so it's like all of it's just all these double negatives right I guess that go for Israel but Palestine can't do it and again I'm not I'm not giving a value judgment or I'm not trying to qualify it but I just don't know how you can approach this topic honestly without understanding the proportionality of it right and I'm not saying that like again like you know what I mean like you commit the same atrocities but like it's not about my opinion. This is a historical process. This is a process of struggle, you know, and that's it. Like, I don't know what else to fucking say about I that. I think the know? part, a big part of the issue is social media in the sense that, like, it, like as well, Gabe, like Gabe Wanat's tweet kind of hit the right. nail on the head. It's that, like, we're all turned into, like, our own personal, like, sec- you know, press secretaries, and we have to have the yeah. perfectly triangulated opinion on this and formulated opinion Whereas, like, that's, A, that's not how humans work. But, B, it's also just not really how history works in the sense that, like, so what you think that, like, okay, as he says, like, talking about, like, how people celebrate, or, or they said it was a consequence of them partying on stolen land. And it's like, well, man, I mean... So what what what, do you, what else do you want? Like what else? That's true. It's just true. It doesn't mean that I agree with it, yeah. dude. It's also conflating. It's also conflating. It's also conflating my understanding of historical social process with like condoning it. Right? It's not even about condoning. And I hate to even say, well, are you waffling because you don't condone? But I'm like, bro. Even if I said it was bad, that what my one word is not like it's not gonna fucking like w- like fall come out of my mouth and like f- uh, fall into the ether of history and influence it like like throw it a pebble in a pond or some shit like that. You know what I mean? Uh, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I mean, I yeah, I yeah, I mean, I guess there's there's no way to avoid it. It's just like I I don't want listen. I don't want to I I'm, I don't want to like take a victory lap on the loss of life or anything like that. I no. swear to God on everything I love, I I don't. But the image itself is grotesque. I'm sorry. Yeah, their image itself yeah. is grotesque of partying next to an open air prison. And I'm not saying they deserve to get murdered or no. anything like no, that. No, no, I, I reject that out of hand. I, I do think though that like even calling it an open air prison massively, massively undersells undersells what, what goes on there. What yeah. kind of evil is brought on the human race that when the you know superior intelligence superorganism fucking finally does visit this place in like 5000 years 
they look back and they say this is a stain upon their legacy that yep. can never be redeemed by anything they did afterwards. In the same in the in the same way the Holocaust was exactly in that. this exact same fucking way. And in that sense, you're right. It is a grotesque image that like needs to be meditated upon. You can't just sit down and just sort of wave it away and say, as he says, this is morally sick and intellectually bankrupt to say that it's a natural consequence of this. Okay, that is you waving it away. We all have to sit down and meditate on that image that you can even have a fucking rave next to a place where so much human misery goes on. Yes. That's that to me it is astonishing that we're just even glossing past that that we're just moving past As it fast it, enough that to, the, there's two people that are do, that are literally spatially close to one another two groups of people yeah and one yeah. group of people are able to have the f- movement of, of freedom of mobility right. where they can literally dance and play music and have fun right and, and it's then, not to, and then you're right and, and then and then fucking parallel to that there's a place where people cannot even move yo yeah. i don't i just don't understand how you could look at that situation and and say that Anyone is che- that we're cheering for that, and that we're not even criticizing the fact that this state even exists—that this exists in the state that it does. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's that, insane to me. Well, and that the, you would <laughs> then go and blame—if I, I hope I'm not mangling the argument here—but blame that part of that is the left's fault for being morally bankrupt and using too many highfalutin words and not properly lobbying our Congress to change this or that or the other. That it's not the Israeli government's fault? That it's not the U.S. state government's fault? You know what I'm saying? That, like, I hate to break this to you. The people drop, dropping white phosphorus on people got a little more culpability than uh, <laughs> the, the editor of Drift Magazine. Dude, you're yeah, right. DSA member. You're right. Like, we need a serious perspective shift. Like, listen to yourself, bro. Like, they're dropping fucking, like, white phosphorus and thermite. And that, like, that is somehow fucking... That they're, is somehow comparable. Carpet, they're carpet like, bombing two million people about to cut off food. I think today they cut off electricity or fuel this morning, right? You know, food, electricity. I mean, babies are going to die. If you're worried about fucking babies, children are going to fucking die, dude. This is really... Ast- this is astonishing. Now, here's the thing. If you're concerned about killing babies and all that stuff, really concerned about it and not just doing some sort of moral equivalence thing to chide people... Then you call for the occupation to be ended, yep. which is which is insane. That like we're most people on this issue here are to the right of where Haaretz is on this. Yep. Who, who publicly yep. in our fed is saying the local paper saying no, we need to really seriously consider this. This is not a tenable I mean, position, and this was always going to lead to that. Yeah, you have to ask yourself like do, it's like we said on Sunday. Do I want to like inhabit a world like a society that is so sick? That it allows statements like the ones we were just talking about that that are acceptable in society, that like you can kill Palestinian children and that that's fine. It's like what, what world? What in what world do like what you were saying, Aaron? Like in what world are we able to even rationalize with that? That is such a sick and fucked up thought. Like so demented. How will any bit of pleading and intellectual rationalizing and uh, you know equations of morality, this, that, and the other, are gonna fucking convince people otherwise? When that's the pervasive sense. I mean, it's not like you just give up. That's not what yeah. I'm saying at all. I'm no, not saying no, that you fucking no. give up. 
I'm just saying that like it doesn't make any. You don't sense. give in. You don't give in. You and don't, you don't fucking in. relent. You don't relent to these people that are law calling for genocide. Literally calling for genocide. Well, I'm and not going to do it. Also, I think it's a fucking huge. Um, I think it's a massive abdication of responsibility, duty. To, to, like, let this be framed in this light to basically paint the entire... Like, you're the one fucking doing harm to the left by painting the entire fucking left it's irrespons- like this. It's irresponsible is what it is. Yeah, it's, like, irrespons- <laughs> it's irresponsible. It's yeah. mal- malpractice. I think what it is... I think, I, think, I think what he probably would... If, if we're really just... Yeah, everybody's got what they will say publicly versus what they'll say privately. And I'm sympathetic to this, but I think... For folks that have proximity to this, I think it's probably an upsetting, confounding time, you know? And I think what happens is, like, you start trying to, like, you know, throw paint at the canvas and see what comes up. You know what I mean? In terms of, like, where to center blame and all that kind of stuff. Because, you know, and I understand that that's what we do as human beings. We're messy, Man, but just be honest about it. Well, Tom, Tom, that is an excellent point. This gets at something that we all realized on Friday, which is that we're in a new era. We've been dancing around it ever since fucking Ukraine, Russia, real, really since COVID, since Trump, yeah. you fucking name it. Yeah. But we are entering an era of accelerated conditions and accelerating deterioration of the the social relations we've all assumed to be you know status quo and hegemonic for so many years in a world that's increasingly unstable due to climate change where you're seeing more fucking armed conflict and ethnic cleansing the mass fucking rehabilitation of of fascism and historical fascism in the west holocaust revisionism this this we are entering a world that is increasingly destabilized and that will be increasingly hard to adjust to. And I think that like trying to like play this game, like we're still in the fucking 1960s or something is that's malpractice to your audience. What you should be doing is going out there and saying like, this is the new fucking world we're in. Wake the fuck up. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, It's, I mean, I'm serious. Like that's what I'm telling my audience. You need to wake the fuck up because like, you can't be this naive in the fucking world that we're entering. I'm sorry, no, it, you, you're, as they as the kids say, you're not going to make it. You're not going <laughs> to, yo, you're not going to, you can't bend the knee to these motherfuckers, man, because you're not going to make it, dog. I mean, I, I, maybe we should just cut this off here, but like, he basically says, what we witnessed was not the Palestinians mounting a violent struggle for justice, but a far-right theocratic organization committing mass murder in the name of blood and soil nationalism. Hamas's project is antithetical to the values of the left. Uh, it is also completely at odds with the progressive. He basically sounds What's the like the Israeli project. Yeah, that sounds exactly like the Israeli project. <laughs> what dog. do you call like what the is pictures, it? And, like... and, and to be fair to Eric, to be fair to Eric, he does he does at least point toward that in, in certain parts of this. Well, you know and also, but like, also, like here's the thing, man. You this is like <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, I'm playing fast and loose with a heavy concept, but it's like, man, like. This is not football. This is not sports. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? This is not like, oh, two shitty teams, and I guess I got to pick the one that, you know, that's like 
whatever. You know, that's yeah. not what well, this is. That's you why you look at things in totality. One, one team has nuclear you, weapons. When, 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 when we could just also just say, I think one way to sum it up is that I, I don't know. I think somebody put it on Twitter this way. Um, I don't know about uh, any war any of uh, uh, war that's equivalent that's uh of equivalency where one side can shut off food water electricity also one side has nuclear weapons right i'm just saying dog not saying they're going to use it in palestine but i'm just saying that's the kind of that's the kind of power that we're talking about you know what i mean well and also i mean at this point we're just rehashing all the same arguments we've been saying for days and that we said on sunday but like again Israel basically wanted Hamas to be there. Yes. Hamas has power because they're the only ones who even know how to get shit in and out of Gaza. This isn't some fucking, like, oh, a community got flooded. Let's give them mutual aid. This isn't even like Ukraine. You can't fucking send supplies there. There's a blockade. People die trying to get in and out of it. It's like, this is this is the real world, what motherfucker. And it's also, another thing is that I think that we're dancing around here is that if you don't have a structural analysis then this is where you lead up if you yeah. where you where you wind up if you don't have any kind of like mar actual marxist not what he fucking is red baiting and like you know basically in his like weird anti-communist way basically trying to like slander actual leftists for believing if you don't have a marxist or structural analysis to this then, then this is where you end up basically. You just see like this as goodies and baddies and then yeah. chiding people for not being appropriately incensed about certain things that are acts of war. That none, nobody should be thrilled about a fucking act of war. Well, and <laughs> you're right, and he's right, which is that, like, yeah, Hamas, uh, are they, like, uh, are they, like, secular, like, socialists, like, whatever? Yeah. No, they're no, fucking they're Islamists, right. obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But, like... Again, if you don't have a structural analysis of this, like, I mean, it's like how? Yeah, else I do mean, you this, explain? this. I'm not. I'm not trying to draw these two parallels because one is talking about a violent occupation, but the way they talk about this, it's like nobody talks about what drives people to things. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. Yeah. Or why people yeah. like voted for Trump, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like again, it's not a one to one. It's a very crude comparison. Well. You're exactly right, and again, this speaks to the importance of an actual Marxist analysis, which is that you have to fucking deal with history. History doesn't just fucking disappear. It's not like something you lose under the rug. People fucking... The, history moves through all of us at all times. Like, we are all swept by its tides, and we engage with it. And, like, it brings us to points, and it brings certain groups of actors to certain points and conjunctures, and then they have to fucking react. And then what winds up go coming out of that is sometimes the antithesis of their actions, and then that creates a synthesis. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, this yeah. is the movement of history. You can't just look at this like it's in a vacuum of just, like, moral and immoral actors. Like, are you a fucking baby? That's what fucking babies believe. Wake <laughs> Dude, up! When you, when, you, when you do that, I think what you end up doing is that you end up this with this material, the dematerialized, moralistic analysis that, like, doesn't really offer anything except, like, like, you know, this idea of, like, vi it's just vibes-based is what it is, man. You know, if we just had the better vibes, right? And also, too, I want to mention another thing, one thing, too. Uh, there are other groups besides... I mean, I know Hamas is the one, I guess, like, um, kind of heading this, 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 uh, this, uh, I guess, this attack. But, like, there are other groups involved 
in Palestinian liberation, I saw on Twitter somebody was posting a picture of communists, right? Like actual communist communist faction that was like I think taking back like a, a like an Israeli base or something like that. So I mean, there are like a lot of different groups I think like fighting for the same goal of liberation, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, um, well, we talked about uh, Mustafa Barghouti. I mean, like we there's there's various. The Palestinian cause has had various elements in it, Marxist, socialist, Islamist. I mean, again, this is a historical development thing, but there are currently things going on in the Middle East that, again, this is another thing, not even fucking mentioned here, like the potential coordination between Israel and Saudi Arabia in uh, in their intelligence agencies as a maneuver to ostracize and, and push out the Iranians. And in so doing, these utopian motherfuckers really thought that they could push into the new era of world history and just forget about the Palestinians. Forget that yeah. they ever exist. And that's what everyone wants. That's why yeah. they're all basically signing off now on ethnic cleansing. Because yeah. in their minds, this could all just go away if we just finally let Israel do whatever the fuck and they want. And it's like Corey Robin tweeted, we'll, do, we'll just do a land acknowledgments in 100 years. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And it's driving them fucking crazy. Everyone from the most moralistic left lib to the most bloodthirsty fucking settler imaginable... It's driving them crazy that the Palestinians will not go away. And yep. that is a cause for inspiration. And that's what they're trying to fucking make you forget when they write these stupid fucking articles. Yep. That like, yep. oh, let's fucking moralize and let's like let's let's see if they checked out all the right boxes. No. In a fucking thousand years, they'll look back at the historical fucking record and they'll say they did not fucking go away. They tried to assert their fucking presence in the historical stage. And I mean, and people tried to sweep it under the rug, but you can't, and, man. And people tried to sweep it under the fucking rug before and after. And I'm sorry. I, I, that is not what I'm going to fucking do. So fuck off. You know, I just want to say, man, too. Uh, I know I brought the story up before, uh, but um, it really did make me think. Uh, the Pretended by Daryl A. Smith um, is a short story, and basically it talks about um, this uh, future. It's an indeterminate future where there's a um, there's a race war that kills all black people, right? But white people, um, out of their guilt, right, they end up creating these androids, right, that are caricatures. I mean, literally, it's it's minstrelly, right, of black people, right? But the whole the whole idea is that. You couldn't recognize somebody as a human being, right? Even through a social death and trying to kill them, right? You couldn't recognize them as a human being. You had to create something in the, in place of them as a hu as a living thing with integrity, right? In order for you to pass on all of your bigotry, all of your hatred, and also for you to excuse yourself and your own complicity in their existence, right? Yeah. But you can't fucking do it. You're not gonna fucking turn these people into robots. You're also not gonna fucking turn them into rubble, yo. You're not gonna fucking do that, dog. Yeah. They're gonna keep fucking fighting, yo. They're gonna keep fucking fighting, dude. I mean, that's that's what that's what humans do. I mean, I just like I uh, I'm sure that if it was like 1850, you know, we would probably and Twitter was still around, we'd probably still be saying the same shit. Like, oh, well, they uh, you know, uh, rape uh, women and kill children on the prairie, and they, you know what I'm saying? Yep, it's like. Yep. 
And the thing is, and people fuck. I mean, people fucking were like, I didn't like the hand wringing and whatever over like Western settler colonialism in the U.S. Well, guess what, motherfucker? That's not a complete project either. I mean, they're still fucking here. (laughs) Let's let's say that. (laughs) We got to name that. I mean, seriously, like the American Indian movement was only 40 years ago. This is not something that's fucking settled either. So it's like, uh, you know, you cannot escape history. If anything, if you should take anything away from Marx's teaching, it's that you cannot escape history, motherfucker. It'll fucking come for your ass. <laughs> Why are you sleeping at night, yo? Just fucking come in your house, yo. Pull off the sheets like, I'm here, motherfucker. That's the whole fucking point. <laughs> I'm po- here, motherfucker. What do you think he was getting at with a specter is haunting Europe? I mean, like, it's it's all it surrounds us at all times. It's spectral. It's fucking ghastly. It's fucking it weighs on our brains like a nightmare. Is it doesn't go away? It's metaphysical almost. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, anyways, do you do y'all want to keep reading this? Are we have we have we thoroughly exercised? Man, I the think demon? y'all. I think that's the perfect stuff. Yeah, that's the Y'all just came with the bars. All right. God. Well, there's a lot of other bullshit in there. Um, uh, just just remember. I just want people to remember that. Um, I'm like, I truly, yo, listener. You know, uh, like, don't. Don't don't apologize and don't bend the knee to these fucking people, man. Because they what they want you to do is that you they want you to sign on to and accept extermination, right? You know what I mean? They want they want you to feel as if also too that like anything that you feel right is wrong, inherently wrong, right? And that you are maladjusted, you know, that you're maladjusted, you know what I mean? To throw in your lot with people who are being referred to as inhuman animals, right, and they want you to right. accept the murder of children. After you remember, you have to remember that they want you to accept the murder of children. Yo, you have no, you have no obligation online or your personal life to denounce Hamas. You have fucking no obligation to say that Israel has a right to exist because all of that is dematerialized and ahistorical, right? Yeah. And they'll call you an anti-Semite, and they'll call you a fucking radical, and they'll call you out of touch with the American people. And well, this isn't decolonization, but you know what? If there's one people I want to be out of touch with, it's the fucking American people. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yo. Jesus. Christ. They're mal. They're mal. I'm not maladjusted. They're maladjusted to historical, historical forces. Somebody bro. said that. Somebody's like, who's uh, a people whose political legacy is yelling at Target workers because they saw a rainbow flag or something in there? Trust me, I want to be out of step with that. Fucking <laughs> if well, I'm maladjusted, then I'll be maladjusted. Also, I think that this shit just tries to distort your morality, and yes. and even more, I think it is belittling and condescending to your. In your sense of history and yeah i like i think that it is a complicated thing to be a human is a complicated it is not easy we are all of us moving towards the same fucking bright light at the end of the goddamn tunnel (laughs) no one makes it out alive it's not easy it's complicated and uh and the thing is is that people would really like it if history was not complicated. People would really like it if resistance and uh, oppression and whatever were these, like, binary, like, linear... Uh, it's as easy as sitting th- down and having a beer with your buddy, ex- man. That's what exactly. they fucking want. Or that, or, yes, exactly. And that, like, oppression itself, and, and I feel like this has been our project from day fucking one. It's why I sat down to try to, like, complicate the narrative of the opioid crisis because people have to have this idea of history as this linear 
a static thing of like injury and response of good and well-meaning actors that like it could just never be it could never be uh the case that like it's way more complicated and even perhaps dialectical that yes. perhaps history moves in a fucking dialectical motion or that there is any kind of like pattern to it at all that would help us build a better future because that's what's on the table and like and i again i'm not like trying to i'm not trying to like impugn this dude and say that like he doesn't mean well and he like wants to whatever i should i did some impugning earlier i'm sorry about that i'm trying to engage with this in in good faith i think i just (laughs) i went into it with a bad taste (laughs) because of his past misdeeds well, I, the thing is is i would say that i i don't think he's an idiot i think it's willful ignorance but yeah denial you're going with denial i think denial. so i think so because it's easier it is easier it's easier then you can look away yeah i think you're right tom i mean usually you, you are correct when it comes to understanding people and their motivation um i say that sincerely like genuinely i think you're correct well, uh, I guess that's about covers it for this week. Um, we recorded an episode about this on Sunday. I guess you could consider this to be a sequel to that in some ways. It's over at our Patreon. We a lot got of people call- liked that episode, apparently. A lot of people liked it, asked us to unlock it. The, my main objection to unlocking it was I figured it would be outdated by the time we recorded, uh, by the time this week rolled <laughs> around. Yeah. So, uh, and who knows? We'll see. I mean, maybe... It, I'm sure it will be outdated by a week from now. So, um, but you can go check it out at the Patreon. Um, until then, I appreciate you all for listening. Um, please don't dogpile anyone. Please don't dogpile that asshole. Yeah, don't dogpile Eric Levitz. He might be please, a moron, but you know. yeah, don't, don't flog, don't dogpile us either. Yeah, don't get uh, mad at me. You know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm passionate. Man. All right. Well, we'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening. Peace. Bye.